0: Grace and mercy and peace be with you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm going to show you a couple of pictures of uniforms that people wear. And I'm going to ask you as a congregation, it's going to be super hard to do this, but I'm going to ask you to tell me who it is that wears this uniform. All right. Fair enough. So we're going to be a little bit verbal here. I know that's a little uncomfortable. Okay. So here's the first one. Here's the uniform. Who wears this uniform? Football players. Somebody said Chicago Bears who who are, yeah, they're going to lose to the Vikings today, right, Carson? Yeah. All right. He's a fellow Vikings fan, so I can say that. All right. Football players. All right. Football uniform, football players. All right. Next one. How about this? A ballerina, right, ballerina dress. Ballerinas wear a ballerina dress, all right. Third one, how about this, you know? A doctor, right, so you got the lab coat, the stethoscope, it's very easy to tell this is a doctor, right? So it's pretty easy to tell someone who, who someone is or what job they do based on the uniform that they wear, right? If that is if their work requires them to wear some sort of uniform. And that's kind of the point of the uniform, right? The point of the uniform is to, in a way, have the person wearing that uniform conform to a way of being, to act a certain kind of way, to do a certain kind of job. So it affects the person wearing the uniform, but it also affects those who see that person wearing the uniform that you know, oh, that's who that person is. There's a young girl that I know. I know her well, uh, but, but she has wanted to remain anonymous today, so I'm not going to tell you her name or her age or in whose house she lives, okay? But this young girl that I know... For Christmas, just a couple of days ago, she got a Christmas present, and that Christmas present was a dress and all of the accessories to go with that dress to make her look like Elsa from the movie Frozen, all right? So if you don't have any little girls right now, it's a Disney movie, all right? So this little girl, when she dresses up in that dress and puts on all of those accessories, it is as if she becomes Elsa, so much so, I think it affects who she is, the way she acts, and so much so that she even demands that those who know her best even call her by the name Elsa, right? So it, is, it, is, it, it affects us what we wear. Now, I am, I'm not saying that life and your entire identity is wrapped up in what you wear. I'm not saying that. But I I, I do believe that what we put on, what we put on does affect the way that we feel about ourselves and the way that others see us. And I'm not just talking about clothing today. Today in Colossians chapter 3, we read these words from the Apostle Paul. He said this, "...put on, then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience." bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. So Paul is saying, put on these characteristics. Let me show you these characteristics in a list form. We'll put them up on the screen. Here Here they are. Compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, the ability to bear with others, forgiveness, and love. Whose characteristics are these? Who who are these things describing? This is not a random list of characteristics. Someone actually perfected these characteristics, and they are the characteristics of Jesus, right? This is not a random list of qualities, the ideal characteristics of a human. These are characteristics of Christ himself. Jesus Christ embodied these things. He perfected these things. If you go just three verses prior, that we didn't read today, but still in that same chapter, Colossians chapter 3, this is what was written that Paul wrote. It says this, Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Paul is saying here, he's, he's saying, if, when you become a Christian, when you become a follower of Christ, Put off the old self and all of the sinful practices that go with that old self and put on the new self. Put on your new self. And your new self, this life in Christ, it has new characteristics, different ones than your old sinful life. And that new life, it takes on that final phrase up on the screen. It takes on the image of its creator It takes on the image of its creator. That new life has the image of God. You know, if you think about it, what is Paul encouraging us to do here? You could say he's encouraging us to live out and put into practice the Christmas story. Because what did God do at Christmas? God, who is almighty and eternal and without form, he came and took on flesh. God put on flesh. And what did he do when he put on flesh? He put on your sin upon himself. He wore your sin and he bore your sin. He who knew no sin became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. And so when Christ takes on our flesh, when he takes on our sin, he says to us, now put on Christ put on Christ. This is the image that we have in our verbiage, uh, in our vision statement at Saints Peter and Paul, and our vision statement is this. It's plain and simple, three words. We are alive in Christ. It's, It's kind of, it's an identity statement of who we are here, who we believe that, that God has made us to be people who are dead in our sins and trespasses and once, which we once walked, but God, who is rich in mercy, came to us and made us alive together with Christ. This is our identity, and that middle word "in" is just as important as alive and, and Christ in bringing this whole thing together. The word "in," we are alive where in Christ. Alive in Christ. The scriptures say, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. Paul tells us that in holy baptism, we are united with Jesus Christ in his death and in his resurrection. So, what Paul is encouraging us to do is to wear Jesus Christ. To put on Christ, to wear him, to be alive in him as he is alive. Did you know, in a way, this is why I wear this alb? That's what this white robe is called. It's called an alb. Uh, it, I don't wear this because I think it is the cool and coolest and hippest thing around. That It's, just, it's an upcoming trend, if, if any of you want to know. I, I do know a place that you can get one. So, no, that's not why I wear it, and I don't wear it to confuse children and make them think that I am Jesus, although that, that seems to happen every once in a while. Why do, why do, why do pastors wear these, these robes, these albs? In all honesty, it, it's for two reasons. It's like a uniform, right? So I wear it, one, to remind me that my role in this place is to be a mouthpiece of Christ, not to speak my own words to you, but to speak the very words of Jesus Christ to you. And therefore, it doesn't only affect me, but it should also affect you, that when you look to me, you're not distracted by me or by my lack of fashion sense (laughs) or the clothing that that I choose to wear, but that when you look to me when I serve as pastor, that you would know that I stand here to proclaim Christ to you right? It covers over me. It covers me up. It's so that Christ can shine. What we put on then affects us. It affects us. What we put on affects us, and it affects the way that others see us. Let's take a look at this list again from Colossians 3. Let me read these things again. Compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with others, forgiveness, and love. Are these admirable characteristics for a person to have in this world? I think most people, Christian or not, if they looked at this list they would say, those are good admirable human characteristics to have, right? But it doesn't seem that if we live according to these things in the world that that's how you get ahead, (laughs) It seems as though in the world to get ahead, to to get out ahead of people, you're not supposed to operate this way. Instead, you're supposed to put yourself out there, be first, be aggressive, be bold. Instead, what the characteristics of Christ teach us is to be humble. It's to be humble. Because what is it that Christ put on in his life? And I'm actually talking about his clothes at this point. Because we actually know something. The scriptures tell us about the clothing that Jesus wore at his birth and at his death. Because how did Jesus come? What was he wrapped in in that manger? He came humble, wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. At the end of Jesus' life, while he was being beaten and mocked, The Greek word is actually the exact opposite of put on. It's actually to take off, right? So so we kind of have this in English, put on, take off. In English, put on, and and at at the end of his life, the soldiers stripped Jesus of his clothes. They stripped him. They ripped off his clothes, and they put on a robe, and they mocked him as king of the Jews. And that's how he went on his way to the cross, And there dying on the cross, those who crucified him played a little game. They tossed some dice to see who could get his final remnant of clothing and take it home with them as a prize. I cannot think of a more humiliating way to die. He was born humble and he died humble. And for what purpose did he do this? In order to perfect in this world compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, the ability to bear with people, forgiveness, and love. Paul tells us, put on Christ. Put on Christ. Put off your old self and put on Christ. And when you do, it will change your life. You will take on the characteristics of Christ. You will, like a uniform does to you, make you feel a bit different. And when you put on Christ, not only does it affect you, but it affects the people who look at you, or at least it ought to, dear Christian brothers and sisters. Others will see that you are alive in Christ. Now here's the deal. As much as you might desire to do this, as much as you might want it to put on Christ and to live according to his characteristics, you cannot do it on your own. You just can't. You will not be able to flee from your sinful life on your own. But we thank God that we are children of God. Because what is it that children need from their father? They need their father to dress them. I have three children, my youngest one, Phoebe. She can't yet dress herself. She can't. She's learning the words, though. She she knows shoes, pants, shirt. She even knows where to go get the things from her dresser. She knows these things. She knows the words. She desires to put them on, but she does not have the capability to do that. So as a patient and kind father who desires my child to be clothed, (laughs) I clothe my child. And so it is with our God. We desire the change. We want it. We can even say, yes, this is what I want. But we are incapable of doing it ourselves. And so our God is patient and kind and merciful to us. And he says once again on a daily basis, here it is. Here is Christ. Put him on. And some days we may willingly lay there and let him put Christ on us. And some days we may kick and scream, and thrash, and make him work a little bit harder. But our God is gracious to us, and he is patient, and he is kind, and he says to you once again, here is Christ for you. Here is Christ for you. I've come for you to bear your sin and to be your Savior. Put on Christ. Put on Christ. Here is the new life in him. In Jesus' name, amen.